What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the New York Mets, finally. And it looks like they have their full rotation now, which is why I kind of pushed them back to the end, because I knew they would make some changes, and clearly they have. But the one that we really felt was going to be consistent throughout this year is, well, Kodai Senga. And after having a season where it was a bit rough early on, I really got frustrated with him because his whip was so high. He was walking so many batters. And then he really settled in for the last 12 weeks. Um, I should say the last 17 starts of the year. That is a 274 ERA, 112 whip and 30% strikeout rate um, across, uh, across really three months. And is that going to stick around? I'm not going to say that. I don't really think that's who Kodai Senga is and how you should be drafting him for this year. I understand that people are expecting 200 plus strikeouts from him. And I'm not saying that that's not necessarily going to happen because that ghost fork is a very legitimate pitch. I do have some concerns. He has a sub seven hit per nine that I just don't really feel is going to be replicated. Obviously, the splitter is not going to allow as many hits, though the cutter in the four seamer I think got a bit fortunate this past year, especially that cutter. He just kind of throws into the zone and he had this low ICR and the whole thing just revolves around the efficiency of that cutter. And I don't think that's going to be uh, replicated for another year. That said, the four-seamer could be better for Kodai Senga. It does have uh, good traits, obviously good velocity, but not bad IVB and VAA and everything that if he does extend it upstairs then that can be that whiff pitch that we all want four-seamers to be. Well, the splitter is going to be back for another year, and hopefully the slider does develop too. And there's other uh, positives to say, look, he can be stretched out into that every five days more often. He can uh, be more comfortable with the ball for another year. There's also the impact of going from Japan to, uh, to America and getting settled in here. Uh, there's a lot of that to suggest that his second year in the bigs could be better than the first one. I don't like Kodai Senga's command, though. That's my biggest issue. It's not control, it's command. And when I watch Kodai Senga pitch, it's frustrating. I I really put a lot of weight on when I watch a pitcher, am I getting excited about their execution or not? And that's really my biggest judgment of command. Do I feel that pitch by pitch, do I have confidence that they are going to locate it and do the thing they want to do in the next pitch and they say cool here's the glove it's going to be over here and like I don't actually expect it to go there from Kodai Senga and that gives me hesitation that gives me very big cherry bomb vibes and I'm not saying that you're going to drop Kodai Senga at all this year I'm not absolutely not I, I feel he's very much should be inside that those four starting pitchers you should have top 40 all of that however I've been seeing him in some cases getting picked in the top 20 starting pitchers. I can't put him there. I understand that's more so for NFBC. They expect volume. They expect some wins and they expect strikeouts and they're going for that. And they're saying, look, he clearly has a ceiling as well. The 274 year and 112 whip that I mentioned over his last 102 innings or so. I get that. I also think he's going to be more volatile and more stressful to roster than others inside the top 25 or so. That means I'm not really going to have Senga, I think, um, favorably in my rankings. But I really do hope that he does take a step forward a little bit with everything but the ghost fork, essentially, um, near your head. And keep in mind that ghost fork is like a 50% strike rate pitch. So he really needs 
that's cutter to be a 70% strike pitch and not allow the hard contact. And same thing with the four seamer to really perform better. Um, I kind of see like a 120 whip and like a 360 array overall. And that's like, if that's what it is and you get the strikeouts and deeper leagues, that is more valuable. But in your 12 teamers, it does shift it a little bit because for you to win a roto league, um, a 3.6 ERA and 120 whip is not, it's it's going to be worse than everything else if you're going to try and get those 12s in ERA and whip, right? It is bringing it down to some degree. So just keep that in mind. Um, Jose and Quintana is said to be the SP2 for the Mets. And after this ridiculous sub-3 ERA season, Quintana had a late start to the year and he still put up about a 3.5 ERA. But there are a lot of signs of degradation. Uh, one of them is the curveball against lefties dropping from a 24% swing striker to an 11%. While we saw a ticket velocity drop on the four-seamer, and that all of a sudden turned the pitch from this really effective upstairs offering to right-handers to now a 50% ICR against right-handers. And oh boy, that's that's not good. So what I see is Quintana at 35 years old in the upcoming year not being the guy that you want anymore. I think it, this is the year before, or last year was the year before it starts really falling apart because I don't think this is going to get better. I think this is going to get worse before it gets better, if it does at all. And that's annoying. Now, all of that said, you should be aware of Jose Quintana in season. He's a command-focused guy, four-seamers often upstairs. He actually brought it down for lefties because that curve wasn't as effective, which is not something I actually like. I think that it was much better upstairs but he does have good sinker command he does have good changeup command and because of that he will get opportunities to go five six innings consistently so if you're in quality start leagues there may still be some value for Jose and Quintana but I think the skills are just going to be worse overall um, I know it's an ageist thing to say that but you see the already the signs of this of these trends and generally trends do not favor um, the older pitchers it's just how it works we all know this so I'd be careful of hosing Katana and those thinking, oh man, no, I'm getting a 3570 ERA really late and like a 120 whip or something. Mm -mm -mm. Nah, I don't think that's what you're getting. And uh, I really hope that Katana can prove me wrong and really excel with those four seamers upstairs again and get that 91, 92 mile per hour velocity back. But it's unlikely in my book. All right. We have Luis Severino, Sean Manaya, Adrian Hauser, Tyler McGill, a couple other guys as well. And... There are some interesting conversations to be had here, so we're going to talk about all of those after this break. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. I've used Factor, and I was impressed with the quality and variety of their meals. Skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted, restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and to eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. So head to factormeals.com slash firstpitch50 and use code firstpitch50 to get 50% off. That's code firstpitch50 at factormeals.com slash firstpitch50 to get 50% off. Luis Severino is a polarizing figure to say the least. And 
I think I'm decided on him. I, I imagine there are a lot of different takes about Luis Severino. And first and foremost, I see in NFBC formats a 321 ADP, which essentially says in 12-teamers, he's a last-round pick. 100% I'm in on that, right? I don't think in 12-teamers, Severino is that kind of pick. I think NFBC, you have to be more conservative, and also it's not really the last round, and you need to get more... Um, he's not on the waiver wire in that league, right? And that's more 15 teamers, so 450 picks, so 320. He's someone that you actually roster, and really once 450 hits, that's when the upside things come in, right? So in a 12-teamer, it's just the typical ones like 276 or 275 if you want to just make it nice and rounder. Severino is super interesting because what happened last year, it was terrible. What was bad about it? Multiple things. One, four-seamer. Had the same velocity, but it lost 1.5 inches of vertical break. That is, oh boy, not good. Not not good at all. Uh, the other aspect were, was that his secondaries are worse. The changeup um, was not very good against lefties. It was good against righties, but terrible, terrible against lefties, which is the place where it's supposed to soar. And then the slider just lost a ton of swing strike against uh against righties so so many whiffs were gone 21 percent to 11 percent swing strike rate you can't do that you, you just can't so what is going on with the secondaries and there was talk about tipping pitches and batters being more aggressive on the heater thus they were able to crush them more which they were i mean the icr was horrific but i actually i put it in two buckets one i think luis severino's four-seamer needs to get that vert back and it's possible because velocity is there and maybe there was something about sticky stuff involved maybe it was just his deliveries mechanics i don't know but that's the biggest thing that needs to be fixed as far as the secondaries go it could be down to, to tipping i don't quite know honestly you would actually think um i mean it could be yeah, just it could be tipping that they know the fastball's coming thus then they know when the secondary is coming and then the swing strike rates are different, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It could just be that simple. I remember it being so perplexing in season. And the way I see it is you're going to be able to know pretty quickly if Severino is fixed or not, right? Does he still have the same velocity? Is he now getting whiffs on this? Is he um, locating in the same ways as he was before? And so on and so forth. I don't believe in the Mets development as the place that is going to fix him. That's one of the bigger negatives I've seen. I was when he signed with the Mets, I was like, oh, all right, is is it gonna be the Mets that are gonna figure out how to get the IVB back? I don't know. For some reason, I have some distant memory of Severino working out somewhere. Um, I think I saw a video. So it might have been tread, it might have been driveline. Um, I could have sworn I did. And that gives me more confidence um, that Severino can return. And I would also love to see the 90 mile per hour, like the low 90. Uh, cutter comeback that I saw in the end of 2022 and I loved that thing and when he was able to get like a distinct breaking ball in the slider and the cutter that was separate then great there's your better left-handed tool as well I mean there's just so much fun stuff going on then so I'm in for your 12 teamers if this is costing me like a 20th round pick that's exactly the kind of guy you can do because seriously Severino could just be fixed and then bam you have them for the year. Who cares how many innings you get? You, you get them. It's great. And then you move on. Like any 20, 20th round starting pitcher, any 20th round player that you have for for as long as they are healthy and you don't want to drop is an absolute win in your 12 teamers. 
So I'm absolutely taking the jump in that um, on on Severino. Do I believe it's going to happen? Eh, I don't know. That fastball was really bad, and he has a massive injury history and stuff. But it's definitely worth the price to do it um, where Severino is now. And I'm probably going to have him a little bit higher in my rankings overall than others because I think where I put the cliff of chasing something like Severino and moving on from him is going to be sooner than others. I am more confident in your ability to find starters in season than the generalized projections will say, right? Just stick with me and the SB roundups and I got you. We'll get through this together. Okay. Sean Manaya was also signed by the Mets this offseason. And he's kind of interesting too. I... Uh, Manaya ha- went to driveline and added velocity on his fastball. We're talking like 92 to 96 all of a sudden. Something ridiculous. I mean, sure, he averaged 93, 94, not the 96, but we saw 97 from Manaya last year after being like a 90 mile per hour guy at times in 2022. However, he didn't do well early in the year, and the Giants elected to just push him into the pen until September, and then he did great in September, right? Four seamers all of a sudden a 17% swing strike rate. And he did a 2.25 ERA and a .92 whip across 24 innings. And then he realized that it was a 19% strikeout rate. <laughs> um, okay, so what is it about Manai? He has really good extension, but I don't really think the um, the 70% strike rate and 14% swing strike rate on against right-handers is going to be enough because they still crushed it. It was a 44% ICR. And then the secondaries of the slider and the changeup, well, the slider didn't get a lot of strikes against lefties. It should. That should be the the destroyer of worlds against lefties. Anytime you have a slider, lefty on lefty, like, come on. Um, it wasn't. And then the changeup was not nearly what it want, we want it to be. Sub 10% swing strike rate against right-handers. So that's not good. I, I don't really see Manaya being a consistent producer. And I would rather have someone like Severino where you can make a decision in April. I know I've said this so many times. I'm all about making decisions from the guys I draft especially in April and May, right? That's uh, I, I put such a heavy weight on that. And it means I'm going to miss guys that do actually do well. And that's awesome. But uh, that's just the way I go. And you're going to hear that even more and more in the next two months as we prepare for our drafts. But yeah, Sean Manaya, I'm more out on because I just, even with the velocity, he had that early in the year and didn't do well. And the secondaries are still lacking. Adrian Hauser, I I did not talk about in the Brewers one because I put out the Brewers podcast after he was dealt. And the Mets got him and it sunk my heart. Why? Because it meant that Tyler McGill is not necessarily going to get the chance. Now, he could beat out uh, Hauser. Like, McGill could get the spot still. But it feels like they're just still toying with Tyler McGill. At least they're being careful with him. I don't know. Now, the skill set of Adrian Hauser is just absurdly frustrating. Um... Hauser doesn't really give in. Uh, he kind of just throws sinkers and four-seamers around the edges with sliders and curveballs. Like, his strike rate on his four-seamer slider and curveball, none of them are above a 61%. It's exactly 61% on the slider. While sinkers are the 70% strike pitch, 42% ICR. And just kind of grooves them in, and it's just... Uh, so he can go these six innings of like two and runs and you go, oh, cool. I guess Hauser did all right tonight. And then the other game, he goes like 3.2 with like five and runs like, oh, right. Okay, cool. Awesome. The fastball just uh, was not perfect and pristine today. So he is saved to be a streaming option. You know, Hauser could be a quality star guy. Like the Mets are going to lean on him for innings. They'll say, yeah, cool. 90 plus pitches. No problem. Hauser, go ahead and do your thing. And 
yeah, I don't like that. I don't like a guy who's incredibly focused on Babbitt, but he's not going to be a strikeout guy. 20% last year, 139 whip because of the high hipper nine, because he's so reliant on balls in play, especially grounders and high ICR. It's just the whole thing. Like, why are you doing this? Just don't, don't go after Adrian Hauser, save for deep NL only leagues that really just need any sort of innings. Um, so Tyler McGill, though, why am I interested in this? Um, he gets incredible extension. However, his IVB and VAA both got worse on his four-seamer from 2022. And they were both really bad in 2023. So that's the biggest question to me. However, Bailey Ober is the best comp I can give, like the, the ideal for him, where if Tyler McGill is actually able to locate that four-seamer upstairs, it can be good enough that his changeup and slider, which are both kind of of the same skills of Bailey Ober, could live underneath. I think Ober does it with absurdly better command, but it is interesting if Tyler McGill really does focus on that and say, like, this is the skill I'm going to learn and be, then Tyler McGill actually could be a strike in an inning arm um, for five, six innings consistently, and that's kind of cool. So lean into Tyler McGill at the very end of drafts if you feel like he's going to win the job in spring training. Otherwise, yeah, we're good. Uh, we can just kind of wait on this one as we don't really expect the Mets right now to give him the spot over Adrian Hauser. Uh, David Peterson should be uh, noted, but he got hip surgery, and I imagine he's not going to be ready for opening day, and it might even be like, um, I don't know, June or so. Uh, it's interesting because his slider of 2022 uh, boasted a 20% swing strike rate for the second year in a row. It was a little different. I remember even in the season, it felt like he changed it, and then he maybe went back to it a bit. Uh, but everything else is just kind of what uh, he had some success, but it was all in different things and how I always feel about different things. Um, I want you to be having consistent success with the same thing. If it's different things, that's telling me that you are reliant on a peak day from those things and less so of, hey, this is the thing that I have. I'm able to replicate it. So Peterson had a game of doing well with his sinker. Then he had a game doing well with his changeup and a game doing well with his slider. And some will say, well, he has all these different options. And I say, well, he's not really actually great at either of them. He just got fortunate that this was there that day. So not a fan of David Peterson. Joey Lucchese is just lacking anything to make me excited. Um, his cutter can be good to lefties. Uh, or rather righties, I should say. Um, and the churve that is a curveball with a changeup grip. It's a curveball. Um, it's fine. It's really not that good, but it's, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's good. It's just not like the pitch that it needs to be considering Luke Casey is really nothing else. There are days that he does spot that sinker down in arm side really well, but that's just so like, so not something you want to believe in and, and lean on for your fantasy teams. There's also Jose Budo who honestly, after McGill is the next one to me and there are elements that make me kind of interested. He has good VAA, so he also could get really good command on that fastball. And then if the change in slider get more strikes, and he kind of is a kitchen sink. If he has good VAA, then that means if he locates well, which he can kind of do. Like there is a Toby in here for Jose Budo if he gets that opportunity. I don't want to chase it, but. I can see myself doing like a two-step at some point against two bad opponents if Jose Budo has the opportunity. Uh, Prospect-wise, uh, there are three guys. Um, there's Blake, sorry, Blade Tidwell. The the tweet that I have uh, referenced inside the article is says Blake. It's not. It's Blade. 
Um, it's a slider that is not a gyro, it's not a sweeper, it's both, which is what they call a two-plane. It looks really good. Super high walk rates, um, and that's annoying. He doesn't have a third pitch, and he throws 95+. plus. So it's really a two-pitch thing without command, which really speaks reliever. But if he's able to jump to AAA this year, develop something else that allows him to get better control, then there might be actually something exciting there with Tidwell. Um, there's Dom Hamill or Dominic Hamill, uh, depending on where you go. I uh, I don't know if he has a, a good enough pitch shape because, again, I don't have the data on this, uh, only double-A stuff, but it's a low 94 seamer. Um, he does have a large breadth of arsenal, so it is cool to see him have the 13% swing strike rates and 30% plus strikeout rates in both A-plus ball and double-A, but uh, I am curious to see if that four seamer is good enough, and if not, then are the two breaking balls really that amazing? We'll see. Um, I'm curious what he looks like in AAA this year. And then there's Mike Vassell, who's clearly the other guy. Uh, in some cases, you might see him get the first opportunity if he's just dominating. And he has uh, he has a full arsenal, which is pretty cool. Um, he has breakers. He has a good command. Um, I don't know if he really has overwhelming stuff, but he is a really good polished pitcher. And that might be something that is worth your time in a 12-teamer. I think if Mike Vassell gets the call, you probably do pick up um, him in your 12-teamer just to see what it looks like. I imagine I'm going to see the debut and say, yeah, this is fine. I don't really think that he's something exceptional, but this is fine. Uh, and that might be good enough. Maybe he runs away with that. Maybe he has a good fortune with um, ICR or whatever it is. There's something, there's je ne sais quoi that he allows him to do it. Maybe just by sequencing in good command that we find really hard to nail down. So I, I, I would keep an eye on Mike Vassell this year for the Mets. But all right, that is it for the New York Mets in this podcast. Thank you all so much for your support. Enjoy PitchCon later this week. And as also, my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.